Episode 57, Church History, Part 19. Pope Gregory, who was approved by the Byzantine Empire, sent monks to evangelize the Germanic tribes in northern Europe with Christianity. He turned their pagan temples into Christian temples. He dies in the beginning of the 7th century, around 604 AD. A great flood takes place in southern Arabia, causing the Arabs to migrate to the north in places like Mecca and Medina. Mecca is where Muhammad was born in 570 AD, and around 610 AD, he said that Gabriel visited him and gave him a revelation from God. In 613 AD, he began preaching this revelation to his family first and then to the people of Mecca. As the message spread and the followers of the new religion grew, so did the opposition in the city of Mecca. The majority of the Arabs did not like Muhammad's message. The city at the time was the center of trade and pilgrimage because of the Kaaba, which held for the Meccans many sacred objects and idols of worship. The resistance to the monotheism religion stating that there is only one God became more hostile. And to escape the persecution, many of the Ummas who were followers of Muhammad migrated to Yathrib, also known as Medina. And Muhammad himself would migrate there as well. Upon his arrival, he created the Constitution of Medina, a document to regulate the followers from Mecca, the Ummas, with the people of Medina. Now, who were the people of Yathrib or Medina? Well, historians have noted that some of the original Israelites, like six to eight tribes, migrated there when the Syrians invaded northern Israel. The other people of Medina were Christians and Sabians, or Arabs. The constitution was created to end the bitter intertribal fighting between the rival clans in Medina and to maintain peace and cooperation among all Medina groups, establishing the role of Muhammad as the mediating authority between the two groups and the others in Medina was central to the ending of Medina's internal violence and was an essential feature of the constitution. Many people in Medina joined the Ummas and converted to Islam. Brown University defines Ummah. Ummah is that Arabic term for nation in reference to Islam. Ummah refers to the whole Muslim world or the community of believers. As a theological concept, the Ummah is meant to transcend national, racial, and class divisions to unite all Muslims. The concept of the Ummah dates to the time of the Prophet Muhammad and stresses the importance of the organization of society along ethical and Islamic lines. Converts are part of the Ummah. Membership in the Ummah is dependent on the threefold consensus of all its members, consensus of the mind, all perceive the world similarly, consensus of the heart, all share the same core values, and consensus of arms, all act accordingly to actualize the values they share. With many converts, Muhammad was able to go back home to Mecca around 629 to 630 AD, and he converted many people there as well. He became a pivotal spiritual leader of the Ummas, also known as the Muslims. 
Historians state that after eight years of intermediate fighting between Medina and the Meccan tribes, Muhammad gathered an army of 10,000 Muslim converts and marched to the city of Mecca. The conquests went largely uncontested, and Muhammad seized the city without bloodshed. KingdomPreppers.org states, Peace came to Arabia under Muhammad as tribe after tribe joined his ummah, setting aside their personal disputes in favor of their surrender to what they believed was a higher calling. Islam, even his former home and the city of his birth, Mecca, opened its gates to him in 630 AD, allowing his army to enter without violence. He came to be seen as a prophet and religious leader there also. The Muslims of Arabia now had a common identity, and it was the Israelites of the settlement of Yathrib, which came to be called Medina, meaning city, who informed Muhammad that he and his people were thought to be the descendants of Abraham through his son Ishmael. And remember, in previous podcasts, we talked about Abraham's son Ishmael being the descendants of the Arabs, and Kingdom Preppers has determined that as well. In our episode 7, we were studying the descendants of Ham, and Hagar was an Egyptian who Sarah chose to have Abraham's first child since she felt she was barren. Ishmael was half Israelite and half Egyptian, half Shem, half Ham. Ishmael had 12 princes who were believed to be the Arabs. Also, Esau disobeyed his father Isaac and married an Ishmaelite. And we cannot forget what Yah promised Abraham about his son, Ishmael. Abraham had to send Ishmael away to protect Isaac. They feared Ishmael would harm Isaac, and we know what happened with Cain and Abel. Abraham cried out to Yah since he knew he had to send his son away. Ishmael was his flesh and blood. Ishmael was Abraham's son. And as Abraham cried out to Yah, this is what Yah promised him in Genesis 17 and 20. And as for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget and I will make him a great nation. This is why the Arabs are blessed with the oil and the resources because that's what Yah promised them because of Abraham. But in their land, there was also the descendants of Ham and of course the Greeks and the Romans. These different cultures helped shape Arab regions before Muhammad and Islam. Kingdom Prepper states further, Muhammad thought highly of the Israelites at first and held that theirs was an older revelation on which his new revelation was built. You see, Muhammad believed the Israelites and that he and his people were Ishmaelites. Even Jerusalem, which ranked third among the three most sacred sites of Muslims, were held in high regard. In the beginning, Muhammad taught his followers to prostrate themselves in prayer and turn toward Jerusalem, for the Kaaba in Mecca was contaminated by idols. 
so they were to focus their attention on the spiritual center of the Israelites instead, that being Jerusalem. Mecca had been considered the most sacred place even before Muhammad, or Islam, came into being. Worship in the city centered on Kaaba, a cube-shaped granite shrine that, in Muhammad's time, was dedicated to the Nabataean deity, Huban, which was surrounded by pantheon of lesser deities. Allah was but one of the many deities Arabs served at that time. Within the wall of the Kaaba was the famed black stone, thought to be a meteorite that had dropped from the sky and therefore linked heaven with earth in the mind of the Arabs. Worshippers trod it in a circle in the direction of the sun seven times long before Muhammad and when Islam was formulated. It simply absorbed these pagan religious symbols and practices. It was for these very reasons that Muhammad taught his followers to pray toward Jerusalem. In January of 624 AD, all of that changed. The Israelites of Medina were resolute in their position. They would never accept Muhammad as a prophet, nor his new religion. Muhammad and his Ummah severed ties with the ancient Israelites. And from then on, Muslims were commanded to face Mecca instead. In his latter quest to build his authority in Medina, Muhammad displayed his disdain for the obstinate Israelites by exiling or slaughtering a great number of them. Regardless of their refusal to accept Islam, the new religion, like Christianity itself, was in fact built on the beliefs and practices of Israelites. In 632 AD, a few months after returning from the farewell pilgrimage, Muhammad fell ill and died. By the time of his death, most of the Arabian Peninsula had converted to Islam. Britannica.com states, the urgent need for a successor to Muhammad as political leader of the Muslim community was met by a group of Muslim elders in Medina who designated Abu Bek, the prophet's father-in-law, as caliph. According to the majority of Muslims, the prophet himself had left no instructions for the selection of a leader after him. The caliphate was created as the political religious state comprising the Muslim community and the lands and peoples under its dominion following the death of the prophet Muhammad. The empire of the caliphate grew rapidly as the armies began to take over the Byzantine Empire. They captured Jerusalem around 636 to 638 AD, which was already taken over by the Persians in 621 AD. Yes, the Persians went to war with the Byzantine Empire from 602 AD to 628 AD and were able to capture land. The Roman Empire was reaping more of a harvest that they had sowed in stealing lands that didn't belong to them and enforcing their religion and ways on the masses. In 642 AD, Egypt is taken over by the Caliphate and the rest of North Africa. And now the Islamic Caliphate army has taken over Jerusalem, Syria, Egypt, areas around the Mediterranean Sea, and other areas of the Byzantine Empire. The Arabs were not like the barbarians or Germanic tribes. They were literate and very intelligent. Historians believed their knowledge was heavenly influenced by the Greeks. The people of Europe were very impressed by the Arabs. John M. Riddle in History of the Middle Ages states, they were introduced to words like alcohol, algebra, zero, nadir, zenith, almanac, and chemistry. 
From the Arabs, Europe learned of paper, the clock, and numerous medical innovations, including new drugs. Because of the Arabic-Latin translations, medieval Europe came to know Greek science texts, often accompanied by commentaries from Arabic writers. Arabs would further develop science, agriculture, engineering, technology, medicine, and mathematics. The Federation of American Societies for Experimental Biology states on FASCB.com, the Arabs furthered develop initiatives, especially for biomedical sciences from ancient Egyptians, Hebrews, Persians, Greeks, and the Romans. After the Arab invasions, there were three main groups, the Germanic tribes in Europe, the Islamic Caliphate, and what was left of the Byzantine or the Roman Empire. Only two of the five ancient churches in Antioch, Jerusalem, Alexandria, Rome, and Constantinople would remain. Those two churches were in Rome and Constantinople. KeatonPreppers.org states, Many Christians who were previously under Byzantine domination gladly welcomed the Arabs as liberators. In fact, in the lands of early Christendom, that being Palestine, Syria, and Egypt, Christianity had been brought to a low level that left it a shallow husk rife with doctrinal controversies and sectarianism. In these very lands, pagan practices and beliefs were packaged with Christian ones, along with blasphemous prayers to various saints, unwarranted reverence for Yeshua's mother Mary, and even the use of amulets and other relics and futures of supposed magic. No wonder then adherents to the new Muslim religion stormed into these regions, proclaiming Muhammad as the last true prophet. Many eagerly welcomed this shift and embraced Islam. The Muslims expressed a strict monotheistic belief that did not abide superstitious practices. Not only did the Muslims control the lands which they conquered, but their religion was able to spread in many of those lands and be embraced by its Christian citizens, which was a blow to the church. One of the reasons for Islam's appeal among Christians is similar to the appeal of monasticism to monks, a rigorous ethic and austere theology. Islam means submission, with the idea that one is to submit oneself to the Most High. But this is not a concept original to Arab religion. Muhammad, while employed as a merchant, traveled far and wide and came into contact with people of other faiths, like Christians, Persian beliefs, and especially Israelites. Israelite customs were a great influence to Islam, and the Israelite scriptures and even the Messianic writings first spoke of submission to Yah. The lands that were once deeply rooted in Christianity by Philo, Eusebius, and Augustine of Hippo became engulfed with the Muslim culture and language, and today is considered the heartland of Islam. Chris Wichman in Medieval Europe states, what the Arab conquest created was a third major player in Western Eurasia or Europe and Asia, one which was more powerful than the previously dominant one, the Roman Empire. 
and one with which everyone would had to deal with in the future. The teachings and revelations of Muhammad were recorded by his followers, and his son-in-law made a standard version, which is known as the Quran. The Quran is the central religious text of Islam. Sunnah are the traditions and practices of Muhammad. Sufi is the inward dimension of Islam. That included Shia Islam, which embodies a completely independent system of religious interpretation and political authority in the Muslim world. From the Greeks to the Romans' conquest of taking lands, not theirs, from the east to the west, then forcing their pagan practices, the worship of their leadership, and their Catholic Christian religion on everyone have been met with the forces of plagues, pestilence, the barbarians or Germanic tribes, the Persians, and now the Arabs. The Arabs, who are descendants of Ishmael, his father, Abraham, an Israelite, his mother, Hagar, an Egyptian. And we see the religion of Islam also comes from the ancient or original Israelites, who were and are our half-brothers and sisters by blood. Isn't that something that Yah would never forget his promise that he made to Abraham and he has indeed blessed the Arabs as he said he would do? Qatar and Saudi Arabia are some of the richest countries in the world. Qatar ranks number one as the richest country in the entire world. Now, our beliefs as Israelites are different from the Muslims. We believe and serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and we accept Yeshua, his son, as our atonement for sin. He's our grace to be delivered from sin. That will never change. But what we can do is witness to our Muslim brothers and sisters to accept Yeshua and to follow Yah. Malachi 3 and 6. For I am Yah, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. The Byzantine Roman Empire or the East is falling in the 7th century, just as the Western Roman Empire took a hard fall in the 5th century. Job 4 and 8. Even as I have seen, they that plow iniquity and sow wickedness reap the same. Proverbs 22 and 8. He that soweth iniquity shall reap vanity, and the rod of his anger shall fail. As we seek truth, please seek truth with us. Please send questions or comments to info at truthwars.com or come it here. We don't claim to know everything. We just seek the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that knows everything. Let truth roar. Let truth reign. Let truth speak. And let truth set you and your entire family free. Truth roars, truth reigns, truth speaks, truth sets me free. Please see a podcast disclaimer at truthwars.com.